Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the True North CFL podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Leach. You can follow me on Twitter at aka Jimmy Leach. I'm Taylor Curry, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at TaylorCurrySK. And I'm Carter Kennington. You can follow me on Instagram at Carter Kennington. And Taylor, can you plug our socials? Absolutely. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at True North CFL Pod. You can find us on Instagram at True North CFL Podcast. And our YouTube channel is True North CFL Podcast. So give us a follow and uh, make sure you like. Awesome. Now there's no ad for this show, so we're going to just jump right into game one. So Montreal beat Toronto in a close game 24 27 in favor of Montreal. Now, uh, from what you guys saw, did McBath prove he's the Argos starter going into next year? Uh, I really think he should be. Uh, they tried the Franklin experiment, and it did not work out well. Uh, McLeod against uh, OK defense threw for 340 yards, two touchdowns, like 77% completion rate. So I think he did pretty well, and in my mind, he should be the starter until they can until he's done. Um, yeah, I mean, he should be the starter if he stays, because that's a big question. Like, um, is he, is he, I keep, I swear, I keep forgetting. Is he slated to be a free agent? Yes, he's slated to be a free agent. Yeah, okay, then if he stays, then yeah, 100%, he should be the guy. But, I mean, you know, when, when you've got the numbers to back you up, you really don't want to be putting your talents into, you know, a team with a, a not a good franchise like well not a good franchise but that's not what i meant fan base um, yeah fan base thank you yeah um, you know you want to you want to have people cheering for you true um i know it's a factor of a lot of people going out west and signing there it's because they actually want to play in front of some people and i don't know maybe Macbeth is going to be loyal to them because they're the team that gave him a shot unlike he was with the bombers before then so yeah, he might. I think he should stick in Toronto because it clearly things work there for him. And yeah, I think he's definitely the best option they have going into next year for sure. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Go ahead. No, I just I think that he's earned the job. Like at all those guys, it's not his fault that they lose all these. He's doing what he can, but oh. it's their defense that just lacks so much. Oh, for the sure, an absolute beast. Yeah. Also, yeah, I'd like to point out Franklin's probably gone next year because he doesn't want to be oh, there, yeah. and I don't think they want him there. So he's yeah. probably going to move on. I mean, Toronto will offer uh, BT the bag. I don't know if they're offering him the bag, but they'll offer him good money, I think. Now, we had a... This guy came out of nowhere this week. Uh, Chandler Worthy of the Toronto Argonauts absolutely went off uh, in this game. Is he legit, or do you guys think it's just a one-game wonder type of deal? Well, I'm hoping it's not. I mean, Montreal doesn't have the strongest defense or special teams, but uh, he played pretty well, and, you know, it's always good to see another guy shining in the CFL, so I hope he sticks around and does well. Um, I hope so, but I'm scared that that's not going to be the case. Um, you know, it's it's one game, like you said, against the lackluster defense. Who do they play against uh, next week? Let me check here. Ottawa. Ottawa. Yeah. I mean, if and it's uh, it's Ottawa and they're playing at home too. So if there was like a game to for him to like prove it, it'd be this one. So I mean, yeah. I'm really gonna be watching this week to see like, because if he can't like if he can't perform against uh, against Ottawa, then yeah, I don't I don't think that. There's a lot of consistency there if he can't keep it up for next week at least. This reminds me of the Will Arndt deal. Wait and see for like two weeks, you know, the two-week rule. See if he can do it back-to-back. Mm. But um, he's an injury-filling guy for Jarrell Walker. Do I think that maybe he's earned a spot if... uh Maybe, because that receiving core isn't great to begin with, so... Maybe he's earned a spot in the rotation after that game. We'll definitely have to see how he plays against Ottawa, though. Now, should Montreal, should their defense be a concern going into the playoffs right now? Well, I think they should just be concerned in general. Toronto had, like, they shouldn't have been in that game for that long. Um, it's, 
I think they have some concerns going in, especially the fact that you have Edmonton coming back with Trevor Harris. And now after that, if you beat them, you have to go to Hamilton. So I, I think there's definitely cons- some concerns there. Oh yeah. Um, it's, it's panic time, I think, in Montreal because, I mean, it was it was a missed field goal. It was a fifty-one yard field goal that was missed, and I mean, that's a tough like that's a tough make. Like, yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not you know saying that that's a gimme, but you know, oh like people hit those pretty consistently now. I want to say, especially this season, I've found like you know a lot of kickers are able to get that fifty plus, like somewhere between fifty and fifty-five. They can usually knock that down, so. This could have been an entirely other conversation where, you know, we're talking about how Montreal loses in overtime to Toronto. Yeah. So, and if that happens, then everyone would be saying, yeah, it's time to panic. So I'm sort of going off that. Yeah, I think it's not a great time for them right now, especially with, uh, like you said, Trevor Harris coming back. Yeah. Um. So for Montreal, it's just... I don't know how their defense has been such an issue because um they've got some nice pieces like Tommy Campbell's a great corner, Siante Evans, Patrick Levels. Like where is their you know, secondary so leaky? Yeah, that's the thing. Like you just it's it's all over the place. Like just in general, Toronto should not be putting up that many yards against that team. Yeah, with the, with with the difference in the records and everything, it just shouldn't be happening. So I think, yeah, they got to be worried. True. I uh, just again, you look on paper, it's a good defense. I just, I don't know where the where you look and say there's the problem. It's right there. You know, like um, the Riders earlier in the year, they had a guy starting named Sullivan Means, who teams kind of picked on a lot and were successful against. And once they replaced him, you know. The, de- the secondary started to look a lot better, but there- it's not that situation, I don't think, with the Owls, where it's just like, okay, plug this one guy out, or take a- another guy in, or whatever, and it's magical. So, I'm just, I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. On to the second game of the week, which uh, Saskatchewan won against BC 27-19. Now, guys, what I want to know is... How did uh, Danny O'Brien look in his first uh, CFL start? You know, I think he looked pretty good against a pretty decent defense. Uh, he only completed 64% of his passes, but he got 170 yards off. He threw, he got a touchdown, threw a pick, but uh, I think for a CFL start, that's that's pretty good, especially in the situation. he. Yeah, um, he he did pretty solid. I mean, you know. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, 16 for 25, 171, one touchdown, one interception, uh, 10.7 average. One thing that I want to point out, though, is that he had um, he only had three carries, but averaging 10 yards per carry. So it seems like he knows when to go, which is also nice to just have that that sort of like mental clock going. So that's a good sign. But yeah, I think it was uh, I think it was good. I think it was really good. Yeah, I, I thought it was impressive. Again, going up against one of the better defenses in the league and making a game of it, that's certainly a nice start for a new QB. Now, was this game too close for comfort for the Riders heading into the playoffs? Shouldn't they have blown out BC? Well, you think they should have, and I mean, with a rookie quarterback playing, I think the score should have been a little different, but... um. I, I, I'm a Ryder fan, and I've kind of seen it all year that our our backfield does good. Like, they they get interceptions and stuff, but they let up a lot of yards a game. So, can't be doing that in the playoffs. So, hopefully they can uh, really shut things down as we get to the end of the season here. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, you are you are going up against, like, you're trying to, I, like, you're, I get you're still trying to play for positioning, but at the same time, you might not want to be, like, going, Super like 110% because you don't want injuries. And then you're going against the BC Lions team that has nothing to lose. So like I get the score, but yeah, it should have looked a little like it should have looked a little better for Saskatchewan, I think. Yeah, as someone who listens to Saskatchewan radio here, uh, I know a lot of the Ryder radio hosts were predicting, oh, Riders will win by two touchdowns or 12 points or whatever. But yeah, BC just... I think they were better than expected. 
I think maybe the Riders sold them a little bit short in terms of, you know, what Daniel Bryan can do. So, yeah, yeah it, that's that's my guess. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a huge issue. The Riders have been in many close games, and they know how to win those. So, yeah, that's not a concern for me. Must be nice. <laughs> we'll get to that we'll get to that don't worry um now how can the rough riders capitalize more off to uh off turnovers well they just gotta make the big plays happen i mean uh after that like after you get an interception or a fumble you gotta not just get field goals to make up for it so like especially in the playoffs in the cold weather turnovers are gonna kick you in the butt so you really got to be careful on what you do with your time with them. Yeah, like every every possession in playoffs, like you know, it's it's a godsend. And you know, when you're able to take one of those away from the other team, you gotta capitalize. You have to, because if you don't, they're they're probably gonna start taking them away from you, and they will capitalize. Playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, you look at. Last week, the Ryder-Saskatchewan game, you know, if the Riders had executed even, you know, one or two more plays in that game, they would have won. So, you have to be darn near perfect to beat a lot of these teams that are playoff bound. So, yeah, Saskatchewan, they can definitely, you know, uh, get more off turnovers, but at the same time, I don't think they're too bad. So, so... Ottawa versus Hamilton be the third game this week. Hamilton down in the Red Blacks, thirty-three to twelve. Uh, does Ottawa need to look at replacing Rick Campbell in the off season? Uh, I don't think it's Rick Campbell that needs to go. I think it's their GM. He's the one that lowballed a lot of these guys and made them not want to be in Ottawa, like Trevor Harris and William Powell and Greg Ellingson. So. Uh, I think the GM's got to go, and uh, like Drew, Drew's a good coach. I mean, he won a Grey Cup, or you sorry, Rick, Rick Campbell. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I don't know who I was talking about. Rick Campbell. Um, yeah, I mean, he's won a Grey Cup. He's he's a good coach in my mind. So I think, yeah, I don't think he. Should. Uh, yeah, I mean, to be fair, for like you know, at the beginning of the season, he was doing a fantastic job with everything that he had, but you know, it's like. He just didn't have a great foundation for the team this year, so eventually it all started to crumble down. Yeah. Um, I think, I think honestly, um, like, there's not a, a lot of coaches that could have done better in that situation. I don't, yeah, I, no I, agree. Doubt. I don't think he's the problem. Yeah, I think if a lesser coach was on that team, they probably would be 0-18 this year. Um, Rick Campbell did the absolute best with the talent he was given, and the fact that there was almost no talent being given at certain positions is squarely the GM's responsibility. And I think the GM's name is Marcel Desjardins. Should probably be gone in the, this offseason. And who knows, maybe they bring in Jim Pop since Toronto just kicked him to the curb. What do you guys think yeah, of that? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah, it makes sense because possible in Grey Cups, he's been in the CFL. You know, I don't know how many more qualified GMs you're going to find. What, are they going to pick up Cavus Reed? No. Brendan Tamman. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I mean, he got fired because he didn't have the stones to fire, you know, his friend. So I don't, I don't really see that. Yeah. Now, based on this game, can we conclude if Will Arndt is real or not? Um... What does Ottawa do for their for the QB position the rest of the year? Well, I think you ride it out with Will Arndt. Like, you have nothing to lose. You might as well see what you have in the kid. You know what you have in Jennings and Dominic Davis. Like, I think Will Arndt isn't a starter yet, but if they can bring in a good veteran next year to lead him and, like, be a, be a good mentor to him, I think he could be their guy in the future, but he still has some time to grow. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, like, just, you know, um, Jennings and Davis, they've both, you know, they've had their chance on, like, well, Davis less so, specifically Jennings, he's been a starter before, he knows what it's like, he didn't perform, whatever. This is a perfect time for Arndt to get some real-life game scenarios and all that under his belt for next year, and he goes in just a little bit 
more, you know, confident in himself saying like, okay, I'm not going in blind in terms of like real game situations. I've been there before now. Yeah, I kind of agree. It's nice to, because they view this guy as the future of their team. So it's good to get him some reps, but at the same time, you have to put on a show for your fans. So honestly, I think they need to maybe bring in Drew Willie, honestly, (laughs) because he's better than the other quarterbacks in their stable. I mean, you played last year, why not? I just heard him on the Rod Peterson show the other day too, Drew Willie. He said that uh, he really, he still throws every day. He works out every day. He's in football shape, ready to go. The right opportunity just hasn't come, so who knows? It'd be nice to see him in Ottawa, considering they need a quarterback. It's, but that's that's one of those names, though. It's like it's weird because you'd never expect, like you know, you tell me a few years ago, um, you know. Drew Willie's eventually going to be a red black. That's just one of those things that, like, I feel like it doesn't work. True, but that's because you probably would have assumed the red blacks would have had one of Henry Burris or Trevor Harris, but their GM screwed that up. So now they're stuck with, you know, this trio of hot, fiery garbage, you know? So. (laughs) Hey, don't be talking about Will Art like that. Hey, hey, hey. But not Will Art. On most teams, he's a third string or at best a backup quarterback. So, I mean. I think it's a fair statement, but... Yeah, he's young. We'll see what he's I would, got. I wouldn't call him garbage yet. I, I, well, I wouldn't say I he's he gonna always himself. be that. He's just young. That's the problem, you know? If he was... Like, if he was doing this at Dom Davis's age, I'd be like, yeah, but... I guess because he's young, but still, I mean, that doesn't excuse the performance on the field of all the quarterbacks overall. I think it's been bad for most oh, of the no. year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fair, but like, Come on, man. <laughs> okay, so we're going to do this one a little differently to- today. Um, so for our next game, Calgary defeated Winnipeg 37-33. to And the reason why I'm going first in this is because I have a very important question I want to ask. Who let Strebler back on the field, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Who let our scrambling quarterback waddle onto the field? Struck another 20 yards and then probably aggravate an injury and waddle off the field again. Why was that the why was that the move? <laughs> oh. Yeah, I was uh, Oh, I was watching that and I, I was clueless too, but I think kinda like in our notes we have, like I just don't think they have faith in Sean McGuire and I don't think Carlos was ready, so they're like, uh we got no other choice but to put you back in. Nichols isn't dressed, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could go to Darvin Adams. He's shown some promise at quarterback this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's fair, but he wasn't in the lineup. Oh, yeah, true. Damn. Yeah, he's the scratch. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I think you you can see why we made him ask this question. He's definitely got the most enthusiasm about it. But um, uh, I wouldn't call it that. But like, yeah, I I, w- I would I would say a certain kind of enthusiasm though. But um, yeah, not the good kind. No, I would say I mean, like, uh, yeah, Zach isn't ready, and I don't think they uh thought Sean McGuire could perform in that spot. That's my guess. I mean, here's what I was sort of thinking as soon as I saw like. Because they, they gave uh, they gave McGuire like two plays, and yep. on his first play, with uh, like the announcers had said it like with a flick of the wrist, he overthrows Lucky Whitehead by a hair, like Ooh. that. Like he's got an arm, like he threw it like you know a solid thirty five forty, and it was only like off, and it was like over by like only a couple inches. I just, I just don't get it. I don't get why you didn't yeah. keep him in there like that. That was, that was super impressive. Even though he didn't catch it, like even though it wasn't on target, like perfect, I still really liked that throw because at least it was an overthrow. Because I'm so used to seeing underthrows now that are picked off. At least yeah. this was just an incompletion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Strower is definitely not the most accurate quarterback, and that's being nice. Um, I would say. Yeah, I think you should have left Sean McGuire in that game, or, you know, if Zach has figured out the offense right now, I don't know if they're just saving him for playoffs or what they're doing with him. See, it's uh, going to be interesting to see who starts this week with Zach taking first-team reps today. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to I'm gonna give you back the, uh, the questions. All right, <laughs> awesome. So I'll ask this one. What caused the collapse at the end of the game for Winnipeg? 
Well, their defense just couldn't stop Calgary in the end. They let up uh, 18 points in the second half, and they didn't. I mean, they didn't score any either. They got their 24 points in the second quarter and two two field goals in the second half. So uh, you can't do that against Calgary. It will bite you every time. It's just not good. Yeah, remember that stat that I brought up a little bit ago when uh, the Bombers outscore well themselves their first half. Like their first half points were like a hundred more than their second half points. Yep. yep. Yeah, that's that still needs to be addressed even more so now. Like, because that that's what kills it. Because all these, like you know, if you have that first half lead, that's great. The other team's going to go into the locker room and say, "Hey, we need to get this many points now. We need to play to get this." And if we're not adding on to our lead then that's just keeping their spirits in it saying like, hey, we stopped them once. Hey, it's happening again. They got a field goal that time, but like, you know, 15 minutes with only three points. We can do this. And then they do. Yeah. It just, uh, it, ma- it makes me a little irritated. <laughs> well, I know uh, one of the rider radio hosts has a, has a saying that I'm going to use here. Um it was very Winnipeg-ish of Winnipeg to choke this game out uh, at the end, as they often do. They've done it this year against Saskatchewan, um, and they've done it in the past. They they tend to start off really well, and then they slow down at the end of the year. Um, and I think it's just another case of Winnipeg being Winnipeg, in my opinion. Well, I think, too, that like Calgary held Willie Jefferson off the stat sheet. And uh, that's a big like, piece. Yeah. Yeah. When that happens, you almost see the hole in their front seven that if he's not making plays, the rest of them aren't doing that good either. So it's just, it's o- almost open season. Yeah. Absolutely. You're not wrong there. It kind of exposed how weak Winnipeg's zone defense is as well. I've, I figured. I've realized that over the past few games, um, we tend to give up a lot of room on zone. And then that just, like, it was, like, the first pass of the game was, like, a 50-yard dot or something. It was, like, just, like, plays like that consistently happen against us. And it's, like, we just need to address that, too. And it really shows, like, if we don't have a lot of pressure on the quarterback, our secondary apparently isn't as strong as it may appear. Well, I mean, uh, if you give Bo time, like they said, they held Willie off the stat sheet. He's just going to carve up a defense. Doesn't matter if that's Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, BC, it could be anybody. Yeah, but so. I'm just stating it. I've, I've noticed this trend for the past few games. There's been a lot of, like, all of those passes where it's like, even if they're just short, we tend to not want the huge play where they burn our, like, where they burn our corner and go. Yeah. But it doesn't matter if they're throwing 10 yards consecutively and we're letting them catch those before it's we the, go and try and make the stop. It's the Richie Hall defense of bend oh, but don't I was break. Say it. You know? Uh, yeah. That, but no, that's classic Richie Hall. Like, when he was with Saskatchewan, no matter what play it was, the DBs were always 10 yards back. And you see that now in Winnipeg, that they're giving them these big zones as soon as that ball snapped. All they have to do is do a five-yard hook and the ball's caught every time. Yeah, it's a bend but don't break defense. So I don't know. It it works to varying effectiveness. Um, so yeah, obviously like, it didn't work against like, Bo, but I mean, it's like everybody everybody knows what it is now, though. It's like it's not like you know, it's not a shocker to anyone when that's what we're doing. True, but all all the D coordinators in the league have a bit of a signature. Like um, some t- tend to be more aggressive. Like uh, Philip Lawley in Edmonton, he's he likes to send a lot of Blitz packages in his defense. Um, well, Thorpe is kind of known for different stuff, and yeah, Richie Hall. It, it his he's known for bend but don't break. You know, I think he and Thorpe kind of fall into that category. Moving on, in your guys's opinion, um, does Calgary have the best receiving core in the CFL? Uh. Yes and no. Uh, I think they're pretty good, but I think you can't exclude Hamilton with Acklin, Addison, and Brandon Banks out there. Uh, See, that's tough. Edmonton's receiving core on paper should be the best, too. 
Saskatchewan's got a really good receiving core with the number one receiver, Shaq Evans. Uh, so I, I think they're up there, but it's really hard to say if they're number one. Just all the rotation they've had there, it's a lot of their quarterbacking and coaching, I think, that's keeping them at the top. Um, For me, I'm sort of sat here like if, if every wide receiver played exactly to their potential this year, then there's no way that Calgary would be in this conversation, I don't think, just with some of the other teams' lineups. But the fact that Calgary, it's like every week there are multiple guys stepping up. And like people, like guys will have big games for them, but it's like there's always consistency there. Like everyone, like on this, um, you know, like six receptions, 121 yards for, uh, for Huff. But like Bagleton had half the yards, but three touchdowns. And Eric Rogers, 71 yards. Mayala, 34, you know. Like I don't, I don't think anybody's really trying to like take the spotlight here. Which I mean, I don't know if that's an issue for other teams, but I mean, I feel like it's just such a shared responsibility in Calgary that I feel like they're just the most consistent because of it. Yeah, uh, for me, I think Hamilton is the best receiving core. Um, I think Brandon Banks and Braylon Addison are probably the best one-two punch in the CFL. Um, but Rogers and Bagleton definitely aren't far behind them. My yeah. opinion. Um, mm. But yeah, I just. Yeah, they do spread it a lot. Um, I just think that's how their system is. So. Do I think they're the best? Uh, no, I don't think so. It's close, though, honestly. Yeah. So, on to our CFL uh, fantasy segment here. Um. For value picks this week, I have Herji Mayala at just under 3500 Caleb Hawley at $1,440, uh, Milanovic leader, Calgary's running back at 2500 and Chandler Worthy of the Toronto Argonauts at 2500 again. Now guys, uh, is there anyone I missed or that you would include or like disallow in this, I mean? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think you did pretty good on your list there. Uh, I don't have any of these value picks in my lineup this week, but uh, if I had to pick one, I'd be picking one of the guys that you put specifically. Sorry, I'm just lost here. Uh, yeah, well, I don't. Sorry, I don't have a specific guy, but no, you did good. Um, I mean, me personally, I've had my all up for the past couple of weeks, and I'm thinking about playing him again because. It's just a shocker that, you know, he's not 5,000 by now, you know? True, yeah, just, yeah. like, yeah, well, he's right. he's starting to get more and more known, and so it's like, you, like I'm, you want to get him now while he's still cheap, because I feel like playoff time, if he keeps playing how he's going to keep playing, hopefully, then, yeah, that number's going to skyrocket soon. Yeah, with the way uh, Urgy's been, you know, in the way CFL fantasy has been, usually if a guy is even remotely productive, he's over $5,000. But that hasn't been the case. Thankfully, I have two of these guys in my lineup, actually. I have both Mayala and Milanovic a leader. I might change yeah, that. I, we'll see. I, I had leader in my lineup, but Calgary just, they're so weird with their running backs. They, you know, they'll start leader, but then their backup will take. 12 snaps and leader only get one. It's just, it's tough there. True. That's why I'm thinking of changing it. But I mean, for 2,500, I think he's a decent risk to take. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah, Chandler worthy again, he started in place of Darrell Walker. So if you're going to look mean, at him as your value guy, maybe pay attention to Darrell's depth chart. See if Darrell Walker's back. If he's not Worthy's a pretty good start against a bad Ottawa defense. Oh, I mean, I mean, if I was if I was the Toronto head coach, I'd have Worthy starting next game, regardless of if he's back or not. Like I'd push someone else out to make room for both. Well, who would you push out? Like, are you gonna push out SJ Green, Armani Edwards? You know, you gonna move? Uh it's it is tough. But Jimmy like, Ralph, he could take Jimmy Ralph's spot. Jimmy Ralph's a Canadian, though. Ooh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That that'd be a difficult decision. Yeah, I think it's a hard call. The only guy I could see it maybe being is Rodney Smith. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, MBT does have chemistry with him, so I I wouldn't be too keen on taking him out of the lineup. Now, 
On to our best positional options for this week. For quarterbacks, we have Vernon Adams at just over 11,600. Cody Fajardo at just under 11,000. 11, um, Aiden Evans, $3 under 9,700. And McLeod Bethel Thompson at just over 9,100. Any guys you take out or add there? Uh, no, I got McLeod Bethel Thompson in my lineup uh, against the Ottawa defense. I think he should do good. Um, a risky one take this week would be Trevor Harris. Saskatchewan does let up a lot of receiving yards, and with that receiving core, maybe there's something there, but with it being his first week back, that could be a tough pick. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't, but I'd understand if someone would. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've always liked um, Bethel Thompson in fantasy ever since I've started doing fantasy. He's always been one of those guys where it's like, it's like an anomaly where even though his team is all, like, was almost constantly losing, he was dropping like 30 consistently as well. So, you know, I'm always a fan of him. Um, VA is also a good one, but for me, he's just a little bit too overpriced now. Um, I don't like the 1100 on anybody. Yeah. Well, um, and especially against Hamilton's defense. 11,000, fix that. Um, But yeah, Um, sorry. Keep going. No, just against Hamilton's defense. Like, that's a high price tag to pay. That's a good defense. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I I liked Vernon Adams. Yeah, his price is really steep, so I wouldn't pick him this week. same with Cody. Uh, you don't know what Edmonton's defense is going to be like. Dane Evans, he's the hot quarterback right now. And then um, Cloud Bethel Thompson, is he's always a good pick in fantasy, and he has been since he's been starting, really. Now, on to our running backs for this week. I have uh, William Stanback at just over 7,600. Terrell Sutton at just over 6,100, and Shaq Cooper at just over 5,700. Any backs that I'm missing there? Uh, The only ones I might talk about would be William Powell and James Wilder. Uh, We haven't seen Edmonton, like Saskatchewan hasn't played Edmonton this year, so Powell could have a really good game. He's coming off a fairly good game last week, and James Wilder Jr. against uh, Ottawa's defense. I think that's a good matchup there, and he's only 7400 or 7500 so I think he's a fair price. Um, just give me one second. I'm just looking at the stats for um for Wilder. Yeah, Wilder is like, he's sort of slipped under the radar recently, I've found. And, I mean, uh, oh wait, no, I'm looking at the wrong guy. Whoops. <laughs> but last time they played Ottawa, he yeah, had he went uh, off like thirty points. Ottawa last yeah. Time. yeah, 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 yeah. So. I, I totally meant the wrong guy. I'm gonna retract my statement and switch that to Standback has sort of fallen under the radar. Yes, well, Standback's always <laughs> that's been good. what I that is um, what I meant. Um, <laughs> like good. I feel like just like for the past couple of weeks, he's sort of you know he hasn't been as you know. Like, nobody's been talking about him as much as people were around, like, the midway point in the season. True. Um, with yeah. Powell... Um, but I, I think... Oh, go ahead. I, oh, I, I'm just saying, I think, personally, I think he might be due for a bounce-back game this week. So, I mean, I, I'm i taking a risk in picking him. I'm not sure what to expect out of him, but, like, I think that I'm going to get some solid numbers. I'm tempted to pick Wilder, but um, I just... I again, Powell and him are kind of boomer bust players, and yeah, I don't tend to like those in my fantasy lineup. I'd rather have a guy who's consistent, so I have stand back in there as kind of my RB two. See, you got to be careful because I think Montreal is going to probably stick with this dual back system now. Like Jeremiah Johnson had more fantasy points than. Stanback did last week, and Stanback started. That's true, but Stanback was coming off an injury. That happened last time he came off injury. True. So, that's very true. Yeah, I should have known better there, but at the same time, yeah, I think he'll get the majority of the carries going forward. Yeah, I'm surprised neither of you mentioned uh, that I'm not picking Andrew Harris. 
<laughs> no, because I, I know it's what you're doing. Tank. You have to shoe with, you have to shoehorn that joke in. Of course mouth. I do. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, I was saying you're I'm not, not picking him. Maybe you guys know when his drug test schedule is, and I don't. You know, so <laughs> yeah, there you go. So Andrew Harris is a drug test this week. Don't pick him, guys. You heard it here first. Um, <laughs> so. Bagel, my wide receivers to pick this week are Reggie Bagleton at just over 11,400, Raylan Addison at 10,700, Eric Rogers at just over 8,500, Shaq Evans at literally $1 under 7,000, Damon Roosevelt at just over 6,200, my boy Quan Bray at Five thousand five hundred and six dollars, and Jalen Acklin at just over forty five hundred, and Rodney Smith at over, but uh, just over forty one hundred. Any receivers you would add or take out there? Uh, the only other one I'm talking about is Josh Huff. Uh, it's kind of chasing a big game. He had six catches for 121 yards last week, but, uh, two weeks before that he had 150 yards. So they're starting to use him more and, uh, playing Winnipeg's defense that can be shoddy at times. I think that he could have a good game and actually get some value for uh, a cheaper pick. Yeah, I, I agree with that, but I'm also, uh, also sort of like in the middle, like I really, really want to pick Evans. Because I really think, like, I think, you know, he, he like he said in a, like you said on uh, the Weigel, I think he's been, like, he has been very, very consistent on making big plays. So it's like, picking him, it's like, you know, it's pretty much 7,000, which isn't ridiculous. And, like, you pretty much know what you're going to get out of him as well. So it's like one of those safer picks, but it's a good one nonetheless. Yeah, I, I like Josh Hoff as a pick. Um, at the same time, I just... I don't know. I, again, Winnipeg, I just I don't like that matchup for most receivers, let alone the boundary receiver who goes up against Winston Rose. Fair enough. So yeah, that's why he's not on my list personally. But yeah, he he's a good pick if you want to risk that for sure. Um Now for the team defense people. Um There there's two this week again. Um, it's going to be Toronto at 3,200, and if you're feeling risky, um, you could always go Saskatchewan at $5,821. What do you guys think of those two? Uh, I think they're pretty good. I would add, uh, I would add Calgary just in case, because, wow, we're not really sure what's going on for the quarterback situation there. If it's Caleros. You know, he hasn't played basically this year, so there could be some mistakes made there. But other than that, yeah, if you need a defense, Toronto, and if you want to go risky, Saskatchewan. Uh, yeah, I mean, you pretty much hit the nail on the head with that one, like with uh, Saskatchewan being more of a risky pick for defense and that. I mean, again, I'm I'm sort of, you know, like I don't I don't like picking defenses, so I don't like to speak on, you know, people picking defenses so i'm gonna leave that mostly to you guys so i'm just gonna follow you with that if you that's what you say then i'm following that yeah i my logic (laughs) behind picking saskatchewan is that a good game last week 15 points even though the game was close um and yeah calgary i don't trust yeah uh against winnipeg just i don't trust them there i think that's a close matchup and you should avoid those when picking defenses you want to get as lopsided as possible, and with Trevor Harris coming back, he's probably going to make a couple of mistakes, and I think Saskatchewan can capitalize on that. And then with Toronto, Ottawa just sucks. So, I mean, their defense is, gonna, their defense is just going to get some points regardless. Yeah. yeah. Now, on to our locks of the week. Um, for me, I have Dane Evans at uh, nine thousand six hundred and ninety-seven dollars. Again, he's the hot quarterback right now. Um, he's carving up defenses, and he has a good matchup against Montreal. So, I like it. Yeah. Oh, good pick. Uh, I got McLeod Bethel Thompson as my lock this week. 
Uh, going against that Ottawa defense, that is terrible. I think he should have a pretty good game. He had 18 points last time, 300 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. So I think he'll play a little better this week. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a safe pick. Okay. So <laughs> um, these two know who my lock is already. Um, but this is an asterisk because he may not even start. And if he does start, like, if he doesn't start, I'm obviously going to change it. But at the time being, with the knowledge that we have, my lock is the legendary Zach Caleros, oh, baby! God! <laughs> Dude, he is, he is going to be the zombie of the CFL taking names and taking brains. He's going to be doing... I, I don't know why he's my lock, but I mean, I, I just have that feeling. And... I mean, I've sort of established myself as, like, the meme of uh, the uh, fantasy for the group. Um, yeah, Taylor, I'm taking that because Deron Carter's actually a believable pick now. So, you know, <laughs> uh, it's, it's my title now. Um, so, yeah, Caleros <laughs> is my lock oh my. for as long as he will play. Oh, my God. So, if Caleros plays, he's in your lineup. A hundred percent. He's already <sighs> in there. Oh, my God. That is a risk and a half, man. Um... <laughs> I, I, I don't I I'm a loss for words right now with that pick. Uh I'm just gonna say good luck no, wait, and we're gonna He's gonna drop twenty-five plus twenty-five plus yards <laughs> or fantasy points. Probably yards, <laughs> but like I'm going fantasy points. I mean he got injured on the third play of the year, so I'm just I'm not that confident. Kalaros, he wasn't great last year, uh so I mean it doesn't help that his first hit was from Simone Lawrence. Oh my god. Yeah, true. I mean, like, but it's not. No. Sorry, Hamilton fans, but he's probably the dirtiest player in the league. You know, that, that definitely, yeah, that sucked for Ryder fans. But hey, they got a, they got a better quarterback hey, out of that. But, but so. is the... still going to help you out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's going <gonna> <laughs> to he- help us out by giving us a free W in playoffs for sure. <laughs> uh, I'm waiting on those memes if that happens. Where it's like, yo, is that Calaris for Riders MVP? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I so, mean, yeah. we know some of the CFL meme pages, so they better get on that when that happens. Yeah, I, like I, I already expected it, so I mean, that's why I have, that's why I'm okay throwing it out there because I know somebody would have thought of it. I mean, we, we've seen Winnipeg; they're they're choking in the regular season already, so we know we know it's going to happen in the playoffs. <laughs> so for the latest in CFL news, as we talked about earlier, Zach Kalaros was taking first team reps at Bombers practice. Um Rough Riders added national defensive back uh Shamar Busby uh to their practice roster. And Calgary signed CFL veteran Dexter McCoyle has been down in the NFL for a little while. Trevor Harris has been activated and will play on Sunday against the Riders. And Cody Fajardo extended through 2021. Rider fans are dancing as the street as we speak. The money in the contract is 400 k in cash, and if he hits all his incentives, it goes up to 450000 What do you guys think of that deal for Cody Fajardo? I think it's a good deal. They didn't overpay. They didn't underpay him. Uh, it makes him want to be here. Like him and his wife are excited to be here. So that's good news. Um, no, I, I think it's great for. I think it's great for both sides. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm really ex- like. I'm. I'm happy for Fajardo. I'm glad that he finally gets his chance to be like the guy in a place. You know, it's like it sort of. It reminds me of like when Matt Nichols got his shot with the Bombers, where it's like you know backup steps in and i mean like for the most part he didn't i don't think matt nichols had the same impact as Fajardo, but like to a point you know it's like he came in as a backup and like started doing really well and he finally got that like you know he finally got that nod where it's like okay this team is yours run with it and i'm glad that he got that chance because he does he deserves it yeah i'm glad um hearing all the interviews from saskatchewan media with the guy uh he he seems like a very genuine person and I think he's going to fit in great in Saskatchewan. Just, he seems like kind of guy that, you know, you would just run into there like your typical Saskatchewan dude. And 
I just I think it's the perfect place for him. He said a big factor in his decision was he wanted to play in front of fans and kind of have those memories. Whereas in again, as we talked about before, some of those other markets have horrible fan bases. He he liked that and he acknowledged that um he took a little bit less money in order to put pieces around him. So I think it's a good deal for the team, and I think it's a good deal for Cody too. And I'm glad that the Riders got him signed. Mm-hmm. Now on to our next discussion part of news. Uh, the CFL released its list of eligible rookies for Rookie of the Year, and we have compiled. We would uh, vote for for this list. This is going to be a spoiler alert for our award show. Maybe some of our votes will change as the season prolongs. Don't know, um, and yeah, one of the big differences because some people might say, Why is you know someone like Quan Bray or Lucky Whitehead not on here? The, the criteria says that they couldn't have played a game in the NFL or have any experience there. What's well, not any experience, but they couldn't have played an NFL regular season game, which Quan Bray and Lucky Whitehead both have. So that's why guys like that aren't on this list. These are pure raw rookies so for my pick i have jalen acklin um he got into a very talented hamilton receiving core off of i believe an injury and kind of earned his spot there and is now a regular starter at the boundary wide receiver which is definitely a very tough spot spot especially for a rookie to come in there and be like hey i'm the guy here um so yeah, and he's kind of Dane Evans' safety valve. So I think he's definitely earned the Rookie of the Year nod. Yeah, well, that's a good pick. Uh, I myself am going with Kenny Lawler of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He leads the team in receiving yards. He's got four catches over 30 yards. He's got three touchdowns. Uh, he's catching most of the passes that are thrown at him. So I think he's having a great year for a rookie, and especially with uh, the inconsistency of throwing uh, for the Bombers. Uh, I think he's done pretty well for himself, so that's my pick. Um, for me, I'm going. Uh, I'm going Nate Hawley, linebacker for the Calgary Stampeders. Um, I'm looking at like when you look at his stats, it's like some of these numbers just pop out at you. It's like eight tackles against Winnipeg Week Nine, followed up with nine tackles. Um, like, and these are just defensive, so not counting the special teams tackles. So nine tackles against Montreal in week 10. Um, he also had like seven against Montreal week 17. Like, you know, he's, he's always a presence on the field. So that's why he gets my nod. Yeah. I like Nate Hawley. Uh, he, he contributes on both teams and defense, which is huge, uh, for me. I just, he's one of those system guys that Calgary has that they can just, even if someone goes down, they can just plug him in and he'll play. So yeah, uh, that's that's why I like Nate, uh, Nate Hawley. So on to the game time questions for next week's games. Let's start with Calgary playing in Winnipeg. Uh, who should start at quarterback for Winnipeg against Calgary? Well, I just want to see how it plays out, so I'm saying Caleros. I just want to see how interesting that could be. You know who I want to be starting against Calgary. (laughs) He was your lock in fantasy, yes. Heck yeah, boy. It's time for the Zach attack to hit Winnipeg. He's he's going to be a legend because he won't be around for long. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, but... but, That's some shade right there. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, my God. I really hope nobody that I know from NBC watch this episode. You better hope he doesn't get injured now or else that's going to look really bad. um, Well, you heard it here first. He won't last long, Carter Kennington. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... You know, obviously, I'm hoping the best for him, not just because he's on my team, but like the dude deserves a break. Like, um, but like give him this game, <laughs> let him start. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there. Um, I think I think they should do it for Zach just because they brought him in to kind of compete, so they should kind of see what he has. And if Shreveler is nursing an injury, 
just for the sake of keeping him healthy, even, you might want to start Claros just to see what he has. Well, yeah, you got, like, Winnipeg has a bye week the last week, so do you really want to go into that not knowing what Zach can do, or do you want to see what he can do? Exactly. Now, I mean, what are the... What, um, what? Sorry, could I just... Yeah, go for it. Move on? What are the odds of Winnipeg, you know, getting a home playoff spot? They're not crazy anymore, you know? Yeah. It's like... No, Saskatchewan's so, got to lose out. Yeah. Yeah, Saskatchewan's got to drop both. I mean, like, it's not unbelievable to say that Saskatchewan could drop this one, but, I mean, I still think they win. I think they probably win both. I mean, it's hard to tell. And, I mean, it could happen, but, like, yeah, you want to know what Caleros can do. True. Now, for the Hamilton in Montreal game, will Montreal's weak passing defense uh, lose them this game? Um... I really hope that Montreal wins, and I think they can, but I think that it's really going to hurt them, and it, it skewers their odds to lose that game. Um, yeah, I don't... I, like, I think... Um, how should I word this? Um, like, Montreal could win, but I don't think that they will win, because Hamilton, like, Dane Evans has just been, like, the shock of the year. And so... Being like how he's able to just light up defenses sometimes, you know, majority of the time now. Um, I think that, yeah, he's going to take full advantage of Montreal. Yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong. I think it's definitely going to hurt them, but I don't think it's going to lose them the game, in my opinion. Because it's, it's probably just going to be a, more of a shootout against, you know, Hamilton and Montreal. Probably going to be the shootout of the week, so. Get your fantasy players in for that game. Now, the last game of the week, Saskatchewan is in Edmonton. Will Edmonton get the win with Trevor Harris back this week? Uh, I think it's going to be really tough and there will be a lot of mistakes, so I'm going to say no, but it's going to be a close game. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I don't, like, I think Sask is just too strong right now. They're riding too much of a momentum wave. Um, plus, I think they still even have something to prove. I, I think they feel they have something to prove after that last game, after you know it being closer than they probably would have wanted it to be. Um, so yeah, I think they're going to come in with the fire. Yeah, absolutely, with uh, that happening. I just think that Trevor Harris isn't the be-all, end-all. Uh, before... Before he got hurt, they hadn't beaten a team over 500, so it's not like Trevor Harris has, you know, flipped his team uh, into, a, you know, a shoehorn into the Grey Cup. But yeah, I I think Saskatchewan wins even with Trevor Harris back. Now I got a question about the Toronto Ottawa game. Sure. What team? What team do you guys think throws more interceptions? Um, like, I think that's... Ottawa will. Like, I just think Will Arndt will have a little struggles against the Toronto defense. But with the news uh, finding out in between segments that uh, Toronto is going to be rotating quarterbacks, who knows what's going to happen there? Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We obviously just uh, heard that. Taylor, do you want to change your lock? Uh yeah okay I'm gonna officially change my lock to I'm gonna change it to Dane Evans instead against uh the Montreal defense they put up a lot of yards or they get a lot of yards against them so I'm going with Dane. All right sorry we just heard that as we were off air after the fantasy segment so I'll let Taylor change that now Carter Thank you, you were saying um I'm just sort of saying it's it's weird because I could see them I could see each side throwing like one because i think it'll actually like i don't think there'll be a lot of picks thrown just because i think um i think ottawa will be very conservative with the type of passing plays that they do and i mean i think you know with i don't think mbt is going to throw any like any picks um and i mean it's it's difficult but with them switching out quarterbacks i think one of the others slip up yeah like if james franklin's playing watch out I don't know. I think uh, if <laughs> they're rotating, they may throw more. But I think if we're talking individual quarterbacks, I think Will Arndt's probably going to throw 
three, two or three picks at least. So I think it'll be close to. It'll be close uh, to see who throws more picks, in my opinion. Sorry, did I skip that game during the segment? Uh, yeah, we we just went over to the other game. This one's like the least important. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I mean, yeah. To be fair, it's it's <laughs> in our notes. I just sorry, I skipped over it. That's my bad. Yeah. Um, it's just the garbage bowl two point again. Exactly. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a nothing game. Yeah. I did. Nonetheless, though, I didn't mean to skip it because I like to do this in order. But yeah, I just I slipped up and skipped it. That's my bad. Uh, the original question I'll ask though to make up for it. Will either team score more than 20 points? Well, and with Toronto announcing again that they're rotating quarterbacks, uh, I think it's going to be a really low-scoring game. Over 20 is a stretch for either team, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's just it just doesn't seem like it's going to be a fun one to watch, does it? Like, no. no. Like, I just, I feel like I'm just going to be bored watching that game because it's not even like it's two great defenses going at it like you know it's just sort of eh. the two worst teams in the league yeah, yeah. that was a fireball too and it, it's kind of like it's kind of like going to a concert where you don't like the opening act but then the concert's great at the end it Ottawa and Toronto are opening up for Saskatchewan Edmonton. Are so. you are you throwing shade at the guy who opened up for Garth Brooks? <laughs> no, 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 I don't even know who opened up for Garth Brooks. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I know that that concert was just around Saskatchewan, so ah, I, I just had enough. to make that joke real quick. <laughs> but um, yeah, for me, uh. If it was just NBT and Will aren't going at it, I would say Toronto would score over 20, but with the announcement that they're rotating, yeah, this game is going to be boring, though. Um, the only exciting things are going to be the limited time NBT will get, and I want to see Michael O'Connor, the Canadian quarterback, play, and how he, he has progressed since the preseason, because he's a guy that was really hyped up in the Canadian draft, and I just want him to do well being a quarterback because I hate that narrative that hating can't play. Ah, uh, me too. Yeah. So on to our predictions for this week. I have what is it? I have Calgary being in Winnipeg, and it's Calgary. I'm always gonna pick Calgary, especially if Winnipeg kind of choking away that last game. I think maybe it might manifest psychologically with them. So I think Calgary wins. I have Montreal beating Hamilton. Montreal's at home, and I just really like their team in general. I have Toronto beating Ottawa in the Dumpster Fire Bowl Part 2, or actually it's probably Part 3. They probably played each other three times. but um, <laughs> Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's just it's been the Dumpster Fire Bowl recently, so there you go. Uh, and then you have Saskatchewan versus Edmonton. I'm going to take Saskatchewan. Again, even with Trevor Harris, the Eskimos hadn't beaten a team over 500, so I got to yeah, roll no, with Saskatchewan. There's truth in that stat. Um, I got Calgary beating Winnipeg this week, just with the unknown quarterback situation in Winnipeg. I think it's not looking good. Uh, I think Hamilton. Uh, narrowly loses to Montreal in Montreal. It'll be a good, close game. Uh, Ottawa-Toronto, I'm picking Toronto just because you have to pick somebody for that game. And uh... <laughs> no, you, you could pick a tie. You could pick a tie. The last game, I'm taking Saskatchewan at Edmonton. It seems like Saskatchewan's finally finding their groove and they're staying consistent so uh i just think with trevor harris missing like half the season and like you said jimmy that they haven't beat like a team over 500 that i just don't see it happening so i'm taking saskatchewan yeah i mean for me i'm going i'm going winnipeg over calgary and like Ooh. legitimately i do think that the defense will be a lot uh, specifically the def the defensive line will be a lot more prepared going into this one um 
I'm going with Hamilton over Montreal. Like you said, that's a really close game, so I think that one could really go either way. Um, I have Toronto beating Ottawa. Like I said, I, I, I don't trust these teams to tie, and someone has to win. So, <laughs> um, so I'm going with Toronto. And then, yeah, I think Sask is the uh, most consistent team in the league right now, so I'm going with them over Edmonton. Yeah, fair enough. That concludes the show. Uh, you guys can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Listen to us on those platforms. You just search up True North CFL Podcast, you'll find us. And once again, Taylor, can you plug our social media? Yeah, uh, we are on Instagram at True North CFL Podcast. We're on Twitter at True North CFL Pod. And uh, our YouTube channel is called True North CFL Podcast. So give us a like and subscribe and make sure to listen and uh, tune in to our Instagram, our Twitter, and uh, let us know what you think of the show and if you have any questions. Definitely look into our social media because we're going to be posting a lot more on there and being more active. So, yeah, definitely give us a follow. Share the show with your friends. And that concludes the show. This is the True North CFL Podcast signing off.